At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you'd like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. I'm your host, Marcus, and uh, joining me today, we got another guest. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, I am scared to be here. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. There's only millions of people going to listen to this, so it's fine. That that makes you feel even better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today, we are reading something that you have written. Do you want to take a quick second and just tell us... uh, high-level overview of what you've written? So this is sort of like the uh, origins, like background of my Tau army, which is like my biggest army. So it's kind of covering over it. Nice. Okay, sweet. I I love reading Tau stuff. Uh, I can see some fantastically difficult names to read in here. (laughs) Yeah, I really want to make it hard to read. (laughs) Cool. So this story is called Origins of Gold, and it is by Joe. Uh, if you want to start reading, then I can kind of maybe even pick up how you say some of these words. Uh, yeah. Commander Farsai and his enclaves are not the only ones willing to separate from the Theros rule. A commander training called Begaleith heard of the, heard of heard of his thoughts through his followers, but Begaleith had a long way to go before he could separate himself. He had to first make a name for himself. One is one as great as Farsight's legendary name. His current name is more of a burden than a gift given to him by the great Farsight himself. Begalith's name at this time was Shazvari Yovai before it became known as Begalith. The name Begalith was given to him as a reference to his experience with the great Farsight himself. As the final part of his training, the Shazvari Yovai to become a commander, he was given the option to follow three different commanders and learn from them and fight with them. Farsight was one of them. Begalit shows Farsight with great enthusiasm as he looked up to Farsight more than any other. If he could prove his worth to Farsight. Farsight's mission was to exterminate an off-world Xenos race that refused to join the greater good. There wasn't much known about the Xenos race to tell. The only things they knew about the race was that they were fast. They had no range of weaponry and they were technologically savvy. So it was only Farsight, Bravestorm, and 10, ten Fire Warriors and Shazvari Ovai were sent to service the planet. As the group landed, they saw massive stone temples that the Xenos race lived in and nothing else. They were told it was a jungle world with many different Xenos beasts that lived alongside the main target. 
It had only been a few months child for them, but everything seemed dead. The ground looked like a desert, no visible change in the terrain. The temples themselves were devoid of life and falling apart. The air of dust flowing through the wind, turning the sky into an orange haze. The far side brainstorm looked like everyone had died, and they're about to head back to the ship, but, but Chazri of I refused to let this go. He needed to prove his worth, and he jumped for it. After he jumped off the lift, he ran straight to the largest temple. Brainstorm about to run after him was stopped by Farsi to put his hand on Brainstorm's uh, shoulder and put him back. Well, and pulled him back. He told Brainstorm to let this new commander prove his worth. Give him time. Brainstorm looked at the temple and now the tiny commander running towards it, knowing he would find nothing. About 20, first 20 minutes passed, then an hour. Eventually, eventually Big Leith hadn't returned for five hours. Farsight, fearing the worth, sent Commander Brainstorm, one of his trusted disciples, to go and find Lost Commander. Took him five minutes to get to the temple, another 10 to locate Chazver Yovai. Chazver Yovai was only a little ways into the maze that made up the large temple. He was looking at the pictures that Xenos Rates had painted on the walls. A furious bravestorm asked Chazver Yovai why he was wasting their time. The young commander said he was lost and hoped that the walls had directions toward the exit written on them, which they didn't. The only things written on the walls was a story of death. It showed the Xenos race looking as though their skin fell off while looking towards the sun. Bravestorm looked at this few for a few moments and then pulled Shasphir Yovai out of the temple and they met back up with Farsight. Farsight wasn't mad at Shasphir Yovai, <laughs> but he was disappointed. Commander Farsight did, however, like how he went headfirst into the unknown temple alone. So he decided that Shasvir Yovai had completed his training assignment and was finally given a name. Farsight carefully constructed a name that would fit not only him, but this experience. Beya Galith means Lost Explorer. It was a name fit that fits Commander Shasvir Yovai too well. Begalith didn't like his new name, but because it was given by Commander Farsight himself, it was also gave meaning to it. He and Farsight talked through their four-month journey to Yovai about Farsight's great accomplishments. They had no idea that he wouldn't get to talk with Farsight for much longer. His final conversation with Farsight lasted in only a mere five minutes, as they are now entering orbit. After a successful landing, he had to part ways with the great commander and go back to his training. It wasn't too long after their departure when Farsight, his commanders, and many others left the Tau for Empire for good. They left Begolith to stay with the Empire and, his, and this frustrated him greatly. For he thought he and Farsight had made a strong bond. He thought that Farsight would return to him, but no, nobody came for him. On the planet of Yovai, there was a decently large population of Gula that peacefully lived there. However, that place had came to an end when a large uprising against the Gula started to rain havoc on the once peaceful city. Hundreds of Tau civilians were injured and even murdered in the streets by the Gula in such gruesome ways. On some street corners, groups of Tau were bound to pillars while bleeding out and being burned alive. It hadn't gone so far that an ethereal with three crisis body suits eventually came to try to stop the riot. However, these suits were destroyed in a matter of moments by the Gula revolutionary leader. He was at least three feet taller than the others and was holding a large hammer, almost double his size. Yet, the apparent weight and size of it didn't stop him. The hammer went straight through the bodyguards like orcs foot through a grot's body. The ethereal stood there, defenseless in front of the large brute. 
in one swing, the ethereal was no more. Other ethereals on the planet heard the massacre going on in the city and ordered many commanders to forcefully end the relentless riot. Bagelis was one of them. He was given three Christ battle suits to help stop the Guayla outbreak within the city. Upon arriving at the city, he saw it was far worse than described. It was only getting worse from there. The ethereal that, killed, that was killed now had his organs wrapped around the leader like a bloody trophy. Bagelis also saw many fire warriors and battle suits surrounded or next to their brothers who were mercilessly slaughtered. Bigley knew if he tried with his small squad, they would end up like the others, dead and being trampled on. So he looked around for lone fireworks to bring into his squad. In the end, it took many weeks to stop the large uprising, and many town Guayla died during this uprising. It ended when Begalith entered a frenzy state and severed the leader's arm, took his hammer, and repeatedly beat the leader into a mush of bone and blood. Then repeatedly beat the puddle with his hands. It was it was odd. When he finally stopped pounding, it was as if everyone, if everything and everyone calmed down all at once. Even Begalith's mind was calm. All the other guerrilla that joined the resistance fell to the ground lifeless in an instant. Begalith was then hailed as defender of the city. His good work would also not go unnoticed. But Ethereal, the same Ethereal that would let him go with Farsight, came up to Begley soon after the battle ended during a remembered ceremony and awarded him three gifts. One was the increase of rank from Shah's Ray to Shah's L. The other was new battle suit, the XV-85 Enforcer battle suit. And the last was a hammer that he used to turn the rebellion leader into mush. Begley looked close to the hammer. It was gold. He paid no attention to his color before. It was all seemingly weightless, which explains why he could move it at such speeds. However, it turned battle suits into a pile of metal blood. On the front of the hammer was a large imprint of Riptide Torso. Most likely, the Guayla ripped the hole in the Riptide that guarded the city with it. This hammer also gives another gift, a new name, or Akim Kai, which means Shining Hammer or Golden Hammer. Thera told him it will shine your way through the Horde galaxy and allow you to defend the town for the greater good. His new title in full is now Shaz El Yovai Begalith or Akim Kai, or as he now prefers, Commander Golden Hammer. This hammer, although it held great meaning to the Commander Golden held great meaning to Commander Goldenhammer. It felt wrong to use it in its current form. For not only did it meaning come from strength, it was also used to slaughter likely hundreds of town. He knew it could not be used as is, and it needed a new life. He gave the hammer to his only friend, a well-revered Earthcast member on the planet, to make it fit him and give it a new meaning. After many months, the hammer was returned to him by his friend. He exclaimed excitedly that the seemingly dull hammer was almost an interesting object he has ever worked with. The hammer itself was incredibly hard, and no weapon he tried on it could scratch it. So he was perplexed by how to get the imprint of the Riptide onto it. So as a quick experiment, he grabbed a spare Nova reactor used in the Riptide battle suits. When he brought the hammer near it, the metal softened just enough to reforge it into a new shape. He then tested putting other metals onto it. As it turns out, when it was in the field of the Nova reactor, the metal would fuse to the hammer as though it was always a part of it. With his tools, he was able to even reshape the hammer. He put a thruster used in other battlesuits onto it for an even harder hit. Then, as an extra bonus, he tried putting multiple digitized Nova reactors into the hammer, and then infused the metal hammer with pre-programmed digital magnets, allowed the hammer's shape to be reformed by itself. It took many weeks of drawing, redesign, and testing to make this hammer perfectly suited for his every need. Commanding Golden Hammer, who was ecstatic by, at the craftsmanship of the hammer, then gave his friend a new enforcer suit. He wanted it to be unique to him, just like the uniqueness of Farsight's battlesuit. 
His friend, hesitant, still accepted. Working with the hammer hurt his friend mentally and physically. The Nova reactor he had used was unstable and released dangerous radiation, and it was only worsened when he had to amplify the output of the reactor. However, he didn't want to disappoint the commander. After all, he was there in the city and watched this once king and caring friend repeatedly beat the corpse into an unrecognizable mush. He was almost scared of what he would do if he refused. The suit was relatively easy for him to work with compared to the hammer. He added wings to the thrusters to make it more aerodynamic, gave it more storage in the built-in reactor, added blades to the right forearm for close-up encounters, custom-built him a burst cannon that could be integrated into his left arm, and finally put a custom AI that Commander Goldenhammer could control wirelessly. He put all his effort into the suit because he knew it was probably his last piece of machinery. Commander Goldenhammer, now with a fully customized suit, a new weapon, and a great name, thought of himself now more of an honorable farsight. He would not abandon the student. He would not think of himself as higher than those under his command, and he would be far greater than farsight would ever be. Commander Goldenhammer now led his group of fire warriors he gathered during the uprising as one new cadre under his rule. The Theros found the uprising united them more than any average cadre, so he allowed them to stay as one. The Scar just makes a various ballastuits in normal infantry, consists of two Riptide ballastuits, six XVA Crisis ballastuits, two XV-80, two XV-95 Ghost Keel ballastuits, six XV-25 Stealth ballastuits, four XV-88 Broadsuits, Ballastuits and finally 40 fire warriors. The three crisis that remained from the Guela uprising became what he considered an even greater version of Farsight's commanders. There is most trusted warriors, and they were also built beloved by the rest of their cadre. The strength that they had together was strong. They fought against the Imperium, small tiered splinter fleets, and local orc infestations with great success. Even with all these successful battles, Commander Goldenhammer still felt like they were not held to the same degree as far as the commanders once were held to. He believed that the only ones to acknowledge their existence were the Theros and Tau that lived only on Yavai. Commander Goldenhammer still wants to be known greater than Commander Farsight ever could be. He would petition the Theros for months to send him on a great mission to expand the greater good. The Theros, while hesitant, still found something they could do. The Theros told them to contact the Guela on a distant planet that previously refused to join the greater good. Goldenhammer accepted knowing this would be another chance to make himself well-known throughout the Tau Empire and beyond. So Commander Goldenhammer and his cadre boarded a large ship, large starship, and headed to the Imperial planet. It took over three years to reach a planet, but once they were in orbit, something seemed off. They're expecting an medium bombarding, an medium. They're expecting to be immediately bombarded by the Imperial forces anti-air cannons, but nothing happened. It was almost as if they were welcoming them. Their descent to the planet's surface revealed something far worse. Most of the planet was in dismay. Buildings were crumbled, roads were gone, and there was no life anywhere to be seen. They were told it was once a lush world not two months before their departure and had a large population to it. But once again, Golnamer thought everyone was gone. And it looked like no one has been there for at least a thousand years. So Commander Golnamer's three crisis suits, Commander decided to go and explore the planet alone. They found a massive hive city falling apart that was covered in the sands that now replaced the soil that should have been there. The building were in ruins. Most looked like they hadn't stood in eons. Even though it looked like there was nothing left, they still continued on to find anyone who could be alive. Venturing through this dusty and dead city, they found a gold statue. It looked like a normal imperial citizen, but obviously someone of importance. However, this statue struck out like one thick layer of paint. <laughs> it was spotless. 
Not a single sign of wear or tear on its metal surface, nor its marble pedestal that stood upon it. This was quite confusing to Commander Golderhammer. Why would everything be dead and in ruins, but this so clean, he thought. He read the beautifully carved golden plaque and laid out on the marble. It read, Valendium Lenstium, founder of the Bolsheviks and the true speaker of the manifesto. Looking closer at the statue, its hands were crossed upon its chest where a golden hammer and what looked like a golden curved blade. Commander Goldenhammer saw the well golden hammer in his hand. This is where he needed it to be. He needed this place just as much as this place needed a heavy dusting. He returned to the ship with a plan. He went straight to the private room that the ethereal had stayed in alone. In the room, he got out, his, out of his suit, walked up and stared at the ethereal with almost hesitant eyes and stabbed him again and again and again. He didn't stop until the ethereal's torso was just shreds of tissue and the floor stained with blood. He cleaned up, entered his suit, fused the door shut, and then went to the main troop bay. He then told the cadre of his divine fate that he had been brought upon him with the statue. His cadre, all of whom trusted his word, also believed that this was his fate. But Commander Goldenhammer knew that this is how he could separate himself from the Tau Empire. He could make himself the greatest Tau to ever exist, far beyond what Farsight could do. Commander Goldenhammer swore never to go back to the Tau Empire, and everyone else took the same oath. They then named the planet Bolshevik after the words written on the gold plaque. They even renamed themselves as a symbol of them shredding their previous ways. Now Commander Goldenhammer's real name is Shas El Bolshevik Begalith Yur Akai. Then, <laughs> then they used the help with a few Earth casts, water casts, and air casts that were aboard the starships to remake this dead world anew. Commander Goldenhammer decided to send a message on Cetherials that he and his conjury have died, and the planet was destroyed in the process by the Imperium of Man. He knew this is the best way he could leave the Ethereal's rule. Howard still hurt hurt part of him that the same Ethereal that gave him the hammer would be lied to. It took over a month for the drone to arrive at the Ethereal's world of Tolku. The Ethereal's receiving the drone and hearing of the dreadful defeat of the fallen commander decided to honor him. They made a massive statue of him that's taller than a riptide, holding a hammer in the air, in the middle of the same city that he saved years ago. On his plaque, it wrote, for even though his gold hammer shined the way to his next victory, he was still lost explorer, not caring for where he was going, but only caring in the hopes that he would help other town. Cool. <laughs> that was a very cool story. There was a couple crazy parts that I didn't see coming. <laughs> Just stabbing the ethereal to death. We'll get maybe into there has to be some chaos fucking corruption so, or something. Um, I, I wrote another like story like this is just the background for the lore for my army but i want to write stories about him yeah um i'm i'm gonna kind of spoil it. i'm kind of hinting at the fact that they the the uprising was uh like chaos corruption and that that hammer is a warp entity yeah i was kind of piecing that together um that it had some type of demon energy in it or something i was curious like about that uh, gula revolution so he killed the brute and then everyone that he was fighting with like all the gula they just stopped fighting what was kind of the connection there or like why did that kind of happen uh almost as if they were all basically dead to begin with in 
that that leader um he was almost possessing all of them to be alive again so once he okay. died the rest died okay crazy uh I also like how you came up with your town names, like the Lost Explorer. I think that's a sweet name. And even that you brought it back to it. He's like originally like, I don't really like this name, but I guess it's my name. But he clearly is a Lost Explorer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Golden Hammer, that one's a pretty simple, easy name. But it, it's a cool way to show how Tao do get their nicknames. They're given to them. Mm -hmm. They might not even have a choice in the matter. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the next crazy thing, the hammer, man. Tell me more about this hammer. You So you had this earth cast work on a custom kind of built it. Can It can reshape itself now on command. Tell me some more yeah, cool it, things about it. Well, it, it can't like, it can't like make, every, it can't reshape itself to any form, but like anything like within like the same like size or mass or whatever it can shape into. Um, yeah. So it's not but, going from a hammer to a sword, but it might go from like uh, a hammer to go, a maul maybe or mace or mace, yeah, whatever. yeah yeah uh actually um oh yeah you're just showing me the model now oh very cool yeah you have to uh when we upload this episode you're gonna have to post some pictures of that that's sweet uh, uh, i posted some i posted some pictures of it uh before i painted most of it it's yeah. not finished yet um it's fucking sweet that hammer is great uh i love it and then he, you you gave him a custom battle suit and gave him some kind of cool wings and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I really like that too. Yeah, uh, it I because he's obviously like supposed to be you know the leader of this whole uh, basically knockoff Farsight Enclave. So yeah, uh, he he wanted to be just as unique as Farsight, who also has like a special and unique suit. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I like the kind of story with uh, the Earth cast guy and how like he put his all into this weapon and this weapon essentially killed him with radiation poisoning. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind because of a cool twist. He was doing things he probably shouldn't be doing. It <laughs> probably wasn't just a radiation kill. It probably was whatever warp stuff is happening with the hammer to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Would you define this guy like as slowly getting corrupted, like uh, Commander Golden Hammer? Is he slowly getting corrupted by the demon weapon? Is he aware of any of he, this kind of he's, sentience? He's not aware of what it's doing to him, but it is affecting him. Yeah, like, like clearly it, he went and murdered an ethereal. <laughs> yeah, like like he had no problem killing the leader of the revolution, but he wouldn't he wouldn't harm another Tao until he got the hammer which gave him which basically made him like want to basically pursue whatever he thought he needed to do to get his mission done yeah the the, which the, the the hammer have you thought about what kind of demon is in it or is it kind of just like a generic demon um i was thinking that it was a gift from one of the gods to the leader not like something like super strong but just something that would uh basically destroy the planet with the revolution or whatever yeah and uh, the commander's got a lucky blow that just happened to kill the leader yeah. at that time uh and, and you haven't decided on which god might have given it to him does it matter um, particularly or it, it doesn't matter particularly but it's probably not zine chernurgle okay hmm. yeah okay fair enough fair enough yeah, I could see, yeah, Slanish and Corn Slanish because it's like this like golden hammer that's like weightless and you can use finesse yeah. and it's just, yeah. But Corn obviously because it's a fucking hammer as well. Yeah, it's a hammer. <laughs> it's bludgeoning. 
Yeah. <laughs> Overkill. Uh, another thing you wrote in here is you wrote that uh, they often fight Hula, Nids, and Orcs. Uh, yeah. Are those some of like your friends that have those armies and you're writing it into your story? Or? Uh, yeah. Uh, like uh, the Worms where they go to, there's uh, there's only one Tyranid player there, but I mean, I've, I've only played against him with my Tal, so I want to include that I've fought a small splinter feed of Tyranids. There's a few Orc players, and there's obviously some Imperial players there too. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I had. It's a very cool little story. I like that uh, you got this little almost chaos enclave type thing where you can even fight Tau if you want. You're not necessarily opposed to that. Um, yeah. Uh, what a cool story for Shasel, Yovai, Bay Galeth, Your Hakim Akai. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share about this story? Um. I mean, th- that's kind of it for like it. I mean, you you could tell by the end. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but that is supposed to be like a knockoff of Vladimir Lenin. Yeah, yeah, I kind <laughs> so, of picked up on I, it. and the it, Bolsheviks, it, because, obviously. Yes, yeah, my because my Tao were originally a meme army. So when I first banned them, they were all, they all had like red, had gold stuff on them, looked had hammer and sickles on them, and I wanted. Really, not to make them like it. I was going by the meme, like they were originally like a very meme army. Yeah. But I wanted, to, I want, I wanted to make a lore that still fit that, but it wasn't like a part of like them being oh communist. But yeah, they yeah. don't know what that is, obviously. Yeah. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, yeah, you're gonna have to definitely post some pictures of all your stuff. I, I'm excited to see some more of it. Oh yeah, I have almost five thousand points of Tau. So. Oh damn! Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, I have a few. That's sweet. Well, yeah. cool. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, yeah. And thanks everyone to listening to Lore Hammer Listener Lores. So you're gonna have to come back on my show when you get another story written up about your commander. Uh, I'm like halfway through a story about him. So. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll be hearing from you again, and uh, yeah, the Lost Explorers' crazy adventures. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.